0: This is Election Forum, a chance to hear from candidates in an unrehearsed broadcast debate. I'm Pat Cashman. With us are the two candidates for State Senate District 72. First of all, Calvert Watkins. Hello there. And his opponent, Mr. Jeffrey Nunberg. Hi, nice to be here. All right, gentlemen, I will pose a question. You'll each have just 30 seconds to respond, and so let's get started. First of all, where do you stand on new taxes? Mr. Watkins, 30 uh, seconds. All uh,
1: right what
0: 30 seconds 30 seconds that's right
1: yeah how am i supposed to be able to respond in 30 seconds i mean that is no time at all well those are the rules it's ridiculous i'm sorry but i uh, mean that is a complicated and uh difficult question to answer okay in uh, in five minutes much less 30 seconds it can't be done and i i resent the fact that we're constrained okay
0: 30 seconds is up oh, and out. now i'll address the same question to mr jeffrey nunberg sir new taxes where do you stand on that I'm against them. That's it. That's it. Well, uh you still have several seconds left. Okay, uh, well I brought my harmonica along. Maybe I'll play a little something for you. All right? Okay. All right, Mr. Nunberg, your 30 seconds is up. Let's go to the next question now. Again, let's start with Calvert Watkins. All right. Sir, would you vote to continue the current primary voting setup, or would you go to a blanket primary? Uh,
1: how much time do I have? Uh, here? You've
0: got thirty seconds.
1: Thirty seconds—that's no time at all. Well, I'm sorry;
0: those are the rules. We yeah, have a very yeah. constricted time here uh, on the radio, yeah, and I'm yeah. uh, sorry—that's what we're stuck with.
1: All right, fine. Uh, how much time do I have left now? About fifteen. Fifteen. How am I supposed to answer a question as complex as multifaceted as that uh, in just fifteen? Time's up. Offer oh, cry. Okay,
0: same it. question now, Mr. Watkins. Thirty seconds. I would uh, definitely go with the blanket primary. You want to add anything to that? That's it. Okay, you've got time left. Well, Uh, luckily I brought my ukulele along. Thought mm -hmm. I'd play a little something for you. All right. Okay. You like that? That's very nice. You like that, Mr. Watkins? Oh, for crying out loud. And 30 seconds. Thank you. There. Okay. Uh, next question now. This is nuts. Back to Mr. Watkins now. How would you prioritize highway spending in this state, sir?
1: There is no way that I or anybody can answer a question like that um, in 30 seconds. It's not enough time. It's not enough time. It's
0: not enough. You know, I'm really sorry you feel that way. You uh, want to have I, a
1: debate? You give
0: again people. Uh, I didn't make the rules the here.
1: time to answer the question correctly. This I is. You don't
0: have much time left.
1: 30 seconds is. Impossible. It's it's a. Uh, well, I guess your I. time ca- is up. Oh,
0: and so, Mr. Nunberg, same not question not for you. Where would you prioritize highway spending? You know something. I have to agree with my opponent here. Okay. okay. The thirty seconds is a ridiculously short amount of time to answer a question like that. Well, there you go. There mm-hmm. you go. Mm-hmm. Finally. So, what would you like to do with uh, the rest of your time?
1: Well, I brought my accordion along. All right. Come okay. on now. This is nuts. What are you doing? A debate of this? This concludes the Election Forum. What do you mean concludes? I'm sorry. Wait, wait a minute. Wait he a, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Damn it. Now, this guy uh-huh. gets up there. Right. And he plays a, a, a stinking, uh, what was it? Harmonica. Yeah. And then he plays a...
0: Ukulele. And then,
1: and then wraps it up with that. Accordion.
0: That's not yeah. fair.
1: And I deserve a chance for rebuttal. Mm-hmm.
0: How do you feel about that, Mr. Nunberg? Yeah, I think it's fair. All right. Um, All right, Mr. Calvert Watkins. Yeah. What do you got?
1: I I brought along my zither. Your zither. Mm Mm-hmm. All right.
0: He's very good.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast. Hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. You dig
2: it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's a time.
0: Okay, here we go. Here we go again. I was just watching. Are you there?
2: Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. what? Are you Are you there?
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, let me check.
2: Yes. Okay. okay, good. Yeah.
0: I just put a mirror up to my nose. Yeah, I'm still here. I, uh, I, I was just watching. Uh, uh, as we record this, it's a Sunday morning, and I always record and watch all these ridiculous Sunday political shows. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, And I don't want to hear the interviews with the senators and even the presidential candidates at this point. I only want to hear the pundits. So I fast forward to hear their take on things. Yeah. Uh, But uh, this particular morning, one of the talk shows has, and they keep saying this over and over again, which drives me insane. uh, My exclusive interview with the president and I'll have my exclusive interview with President Trump coming up. And here's my now exclusive interview with and, yeah. and the word exclusive just drives me it's like they're all they want to do is market. And and the public doesn't care whether it's exclusive or not. They won't remember that. But they, it's like marketing one oh one. You gotta take credit and, right. and, and, and for whatever and it is.
2: That's a good point because even the word exclusive, well, what the hell does that mean?
0: It means you're excluding somebody. You're excluding well, but, every other reporter.
2: Okay. Is exclusive. I think he, they're trying to make it sound like they're the only one who's ever had an interview. Like
0: I know. I know. No,
2: you haven't. Every, walked, there's a ton of people. We walked
0: into the lion's cage and we were so <laughs> bold that we faced this uh, this wild man all, all on ourself, That's all right. by ourselves. Exclusive. Uh, nobody else was with me.
2: Yeah. I did, a, uh, I did a I did
0: a pre Super Bowl interview years ago with then coach Mike Holmgren of the uh, of the Seahawks. Pre-recorded this interview it was a silly interview, and uh, intentionally silly, because I knew all he was doing was interviews with sports reporters who were asking him what his strategy was uh, for winning the game and how he would would he run the ball or throw the ball and all that stuff. So I wanted to do something completely goofy, which we did. But I tossed to the interviewer, and I said, and now it's time for my exclusive interview with (laughs) Coach Mike Holmgren. And then I cut to the tape, and it's me repeating again. And here I am with my exclusive interview with Coach (laughs) Mike Holmgren. Coach, thank you very much for joining me on this exclusive interview with you. And then he says, okay, Pat, can we hurry it up, though? I've got uh, seven more exclusive interviews coming up. (laughs)
2: <laughs> See? That to
0: me is as absurd as this whole thing of That's this exclusivity funny. is silly.
2: And I know who you're talking about. Uh, there's been a lot of chatter on, on social media about the ineffectiveness of this particular person who's doing the exclusive interviewing. Yeah. And, and that there's never any challenge uh, of the absurd answers that he receives from the president. And people are kind of calling for this guy's hide. Really? Chuck Todd, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. They're, yeah, They're it like, is Chuck Todd I was he, referring to.
2: He needs to get the H-E double hockey sticks off the air. Um, and it, they, they just say he's a, been a horrible, horrible addition to Meet the Press. And
1: please, God, can we say goodbye to Chuck Todd? Wow. I mean, the most, wow. the most pretentious know-it-all on network news. The guy is just a complete ass. Hold on one second.
0: Hold on one second. Chuck, I thought you did a great
1: job. (laughs) Hold on. Chuck, did you watch the monologue? He killed you. And Chuck's lucky that all he did was put the beard on and not the hair, because that would have been even a bigger problem. (laughs) It's oh, waiting you know. for all of us. Come on, we're all thinking it. We gotta go. You see that we chucked go. hair that goes like this, and you're we- like, "What's he doing that for?" Just comb it back. Give in. It's no, over. he's going for the Julius it's Caesar. Over. It's a Julius Caesar. It's over. Cut. It's like shoot Ju- we gotta go.
0: Uh, he's yeah, had that job for quite a while. Uh, of course, uh, I got I, I got hooked on the press uh, when Tim Russert was yeah. the was the he, host, and no he had Tim this Russert. smile on his face all the time. But he was a tough questioner. Yeah, and he knew his stuff, and and if you could survive an interview with him, you felt I did a pretty good job, mm-hmm. but you you had to come in of having done your homework because you knew what questions he was going to ask you, and if you didn't know the answers, you were dead meat.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I uh, I think it's I think there are certain interviewers and reporters who feel like they're so damn lucky to have gotten an interview with Trump that they will uh, they will acquiesce to him they will mm-hmm. kowtow, they will back off because mm-hmm. if they don't then he'll never give me another interview again and so
2: or or he'll tweet about them and call them ridiculous yeah. silly childish schoolyard yeah. names and yeah so it's too i bad. think people are afraid of him i really do think people i do are and afraid
0: i don't get it i don't get
2: it i don't either
0: i mean, I mean in my wild imaginings i I, I come into the Oval Office and just throw a haymaker at him. <laughs> <laughs> of course, a haymaker. I'd, I'd be in prison, but I'd, it might be worth it. Yeah. Uh, hey, um, I know you've been flying a lot and traveling uh, a lot. Yes. And, and uh, we had a a little plane crash out here in our neck of the woods.
2: I you sent me you texted me the picture. Yeah, a guy tried to.
0: They don't horrible. know the. In, uh, there was a fatality, and it was, a, it was one of those little. Uh, amphibious planes like a little
2: two-seater thingy yeah yeah
0: Yeah, almost like an ultralight and uh, nobody knows for sure but the guy had just taken off from the airport and he was circling back around he tried to land on uh the deschutes river and a very narrow river it is at least in part and uh, it flipped over apparently and we just went by a moment ago and saw it it's flipped upside down and uh it's it's a it's a, it's a, it's a crime, kind of a crime accident scene, and so they're interviewing a bunch of people and stuff like that. But in our short time out there, we went on a bike ride. In our short time, there are people uh, we we saw a couple of people that that said, "Yeah, we were just right over there, and we heard the plane." And and and, and, and then another guy said, "Yeah, we." Uh, and they're, they're interviewing some folks, and 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 I'm I'm convinced nobody actually witnessed the accident. Yeah. Uh, but but people want to be part of a story. You want to be... yeah. It's like, uh, yes, uh, I, I was in this exact spot three years ago. I mean, it was just the exact spot. And I Is was it? here.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Let's interview you. Because you were almost there.
2: Yeah, you were. But I think yeah. it's part
0: of the, the human condition or the human uh, instinct to want to be a part of something. It makes the yes. story more meaningful to you if you feel like you were a part of it or nearly a part of it.
2: Yeah, there was, I I told you I was really um, uh, fascinated with that woman who had faked her uh, being at, at the Twin Towers, the nine yes. eleven, and I don't know if yes. you ever watched that documentary. It's... I did not yet, but I, I will have to remind myself. To I think do it's it. called uh, "The Woman." It's the woman who wasn't there. The first thing I felt was the air sucked out of my lungs, like a change in pressure. I was flying through the air from the impact. I was just flying. Then I remember the warmth from from the explosion. I was smelling my own skin burning. And her name is Tania Tania Head. Head, hmm. Alicia. Head, something like that. That sounds but like a
0: that sounds like a cranial she, condition.
2: She claimed to be a survivor of the attacks and got so much attention and 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 she was asked to speak at at, at funerals and fundraisers and I mean she just inserted herself into every opportunity she could for. Publicity and being on TV and being interviewed—I mean, that's a psychological condition. That's a—that's a, a condition. I don't know what that that's is. That's probably
0: the extreme condition. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, who's a a great thinker and uh, has written a number of really successful books, ponders a lot of topics like that. And uh, and and one of his theses is is that there's a difference between lying and what humans um what they what they think they remember and in many cases and i know i do this myself and i don't think of myself as a liar mm-hmm. uh, and my and my dad and my brother does this all the time you want to make the story better than it actually was
2: Sure, I and so I under, you start I fabricating facts, uh, yeah. uh,
0: fabricating things that maybe or maybe didn't happen, but for a more satisfying creative ending.
2: License, I think that's yeah, I get that. Just a little creative license here and there, but to outright lie about stuff, like like who was the who was the uh, it was it Peter Jennings? No, no,
0: it was uh, well, Brian Williams. Brian Williams. Yeah. yeah, I still
2: can't watch him on MSNBC. Um, when his show comes on, I still can't watch him. I just... And I don't understand how they allowed him on the news. His, to me, his credibility is shot because he lied about... I don't know.
0: Yeah. It, it's funny you would mention his name because it, that is a specific topic and, and subject of one of those Malcolm Gladwell uh, things. Oh, that he calls it a revisionist that, history. That would and, be fascinating. And kind of comes to Brian Williams' defense because he said, we all do it. We We all do it. You want to... Yeah, make I the suppose. story or the tale you're telling more personal and you conflate the facts and pretty soon he said if you say it uh, you begin to believe it and that and that becomes your real belief on the story mm-hmm. as you witnessed it and you you know you're not You don't recognize that you're lying. This is the story that you now believe.
1: I made a mistake in recalling the events of 12 years ago. I want to apologize. I said I was traveling in an aircraft that was hit by RPG fire. I was instead in a following aircraft. We all landed after the ground fire incident and spent two harrowing nights in a sandstorm in the Iraq desert this was a bungled attempt by me to thank one special veteran and by extension our brave military men and women veterans everywhere those who have served while i did not i hope they know they have my greatest respect and also now my apology
2: i believe that's probably a lot of is related to people who have passed away how everybody has wonderful nice you know those memories of Of their goodness just get magnified. Yeah, you tend to forget about you know all their uh, faults. Their yeah, their faults and their and their bad stuff. And and then as time goes on, you just continue to remember them as. yeah, it probably gets inflated because of that as well. Oh, there's
0: no question about it. I mean Yeah, it's interesting. Have you ever been to a, a funeral or memorial service? Well, you know, I gotta tell you the truth about Larry. He was a son of a bitch. No, I can't have. say anything I good have. about him.
2: I have, I have, I have. You have? I have. This was uh I'm not gonna see it. How can I do this without anyway, it was a family member and <laughs> oh my gosh. So your family
0: this... or Manson?
2: My family, which was is worse than the Manson family, <laughs> so it was. Uh, this was, gosh, probably twenty five years, twenty years ago, and this was a man who died, and all of his buddies. He was he was an alcoholic, and all of his buddies would get up. People got up to speak at the funeral, and they would be talking about, oh God, yeah, I remember the time Larry got drunk, got. Drunk and was driving around out, and he had a horse, and we had to call the police. And the horse was, and they were, la- they're, la- they're like, yuck, yuck, yucking it up about all these, these drinking stories. And the daughter of this man finally got up and pretty much said, "You know, I'm sitting here hearing all of these stories, and the reality is, he was a drunk. He was horrible. He was a horrible father." I mean, she, I mean, the whole place just went quiet.
0: Yeah. I've never, I've never been to a service like that. I
2: rooted for her. I'm like, good on you, girl. Because she was like, I'm just sick of people coming up here tell you know and a lot of people are like ah that's disrespectful to the dead and it's like yeah well she was pretty tired of them putting a spin on a happy spin on a, a very troubled alcoholic man she wanted yeah. to set the record straight and i applauded her for it so yeah i will I, never I, I forget that funeral i'll never forget that funeral
0: I mean it's it, nobody is completely bad uh but uh, so you want to focus on the good if you can find any but if you're going to uh give a complete story about someone I guess you should include all that stuff as well you hear that?
2: What is going on? Are you having a little party out there?
0: Yeah, we're sitting outside again, as I was on our previous podcast. And by the way, at the end of this podcast, I've got a joke about a black knight on a black horse that you're going to love.
2: <laughs> that sounds but, good. Is it si- short?
0: Uh, <laughs> at, no, it's not. It's not as short as it it might be, but it's okay. not as it's not the length of, of a. Tolstoy.
2: Okay, uh, good. But
0: it's 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 pretty lengthy. Okay. Uh, but anyway, we're we're sitting on a just off of a very busy bicycle trail. This is the first weekend of summer, as we're recording this, and people are just going by, and my dogs are sitting out here with me as well. So you might hear one of them blow off here because he thinks he's got to challenge every other dog <laughs> that comes walking along. Uh, we our our previous dog. Had a thing, and I I don't know what this was. We never could figure it out. But he would not bark at most people going by, with the exception of of little kids and people in wheelchairs. Hmm. And he would just go berserk, and that would include little kids (laughs) if they were in little strollers or something. Yeah. But those were the only exceptions. Otherwise, he never paid any attention. Interesting. Yeah. I'm sure it had some sort of psychological meaning. If you want to go to a dog therapist,
2: we could figure it out. Yeah, probably. If you could read my mind, love. What a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old-time movie about a ghost from a wishing
0: well. As I was saying, uh, right. that you since you've been flying a lot. Uh, on planes it it got me to thinking about the many flights we used to take on uh take with our family when our kids were younger little they were still kids frankly we still call them kids even though they uh I, I think the oldest one is 96 now wow and, yeah we still call he's still the baby <laughs> but but my son chris and he son, still chris, acts like a baby <laughs> my son chris used to have this he was always a mimic and he could make the sound and and hopefully I can find the sound effect here. But it's that sound that um and I haven't been on a plane like this lately so maybe they don't have this sound anymore but when you would hit the call button. Oh yeah. There there would be a little
2: boing. Yeah. But he
0: could mimic it perfectly. <laughs> uh, and especially in there's the plane is kind of noisy anyway there's always a whoosh and you can hear a little motor noise and stuff mm-hmm. so he could make that sound and so and he would do it all, all the time just so we could watch the flight attendants scurry around <laughs> trying to figure out where where did that come from who needs does somebody need a ginger ale or is somebody hurt or what's going on and, and so we just he would to for his own amusement and ours frankly we'd watch uh folks run up and down the aisle looking for whoever had hit the call button <laughs> It makes the flight. It makes yeah. the flight go by easier. That's yeah. very funny. He was good at it. Very good at it.
2: I got upgraded to first class this last week. Sweet. Uh, oh yeah. no, kidding, man! It's a it, whole. It's a whole different world up there.
0: Is and it still because our experience with first class is, it's like it's like a, a slight upgrade from the regular oh. fare. I mean, no
1: no 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 you, no it, no you, maybe you
0: get real no. silverware but that's about it.
2: First of all, you get to board first and then you watch all the peasants walk by you. Yeah. That's
0: always very, a sweet very
2: piece. satisfying as hell. <laughs> And then, after that's done, um, or, but when or actually, walk,
0: but when you watch the peasants walk by, don't you feel a little bad? Don't you I try do. to shield I, your face a little bit? I
2: do. And I, yeah. every time I get upgraded, I keep thinking, you know what would really be fun is if I stood up and said, "Hey, has anybody never flown first class?" and then just pick somebody to trade seats with me. I always think that'd be a really fun thing to do for or someone. Or stand
0: up and say, "Hey, but- would <laughs> anybody like to trade seats with me?" <laughs> oh, I would. Good. Well, you're not going to. I, I
2: know.
0: just wanted to see if you would. <laughs>
2: to sit get on first and then as people are struggling to get on to the you know the hot back part of the plane um, your personal steward uh, or flight attendant kind of ducks in between people to say can I get you any water right now would you like a would you on this particular flight was a morning flight would you like a mimosa would you like a mimosa or some orange juice oh my my god okay that sounds fabulous no I'd
0: rather not
2: so I, I actually did pass on it. I'll I,
0: have a piece of toast.
2: I'd had enough to drink by 8 a.m. I didn't need any more. I, <laughs> I had a big that's, Bloody that's Mary. That's a good point.
0: It's another to
1: sunrise slowly across the
2: sky Say goodbye so, so that happens. Uh, then the other thing is once they're... Uh, up in the air, you get a little hot, wet little tow-y thing. Like with, they bring it around with tongs, and they hand you this little hot, f- wet towel with lemon, and you get to freshen up and wipe your hands and your face. So you basically get a bath in your, you get a sponge bath in your seat. So then they they do that, and then they come by, get your drink order, and they, the guy comes around literally. He says, "Hot nuts, hot nuts." hot nuts and he has a little ceramic thing full of hot nuts
0: oh i thought so they would awesome. be asking me a question
2: hot nuts yeah do you want some hot nuts and that's say, the no, question
0: no no i'm i'm fine the doctor says there's no problem
2: Sally
0: <laughs> nuts
2: hot nuts anybody you want to buy my nuts Sally nuts Hot nuts! I've got nuts for sale. So you get the warm nuts. But hot. but look
0: what you've just described. They give what? you a, a they give you a towel, right? And then you give them some hot nuts, and that's supposed to be the definition of first class.
2: I'm not done yet. That, that's meager. No, it's not. You certainly don't get any of that in the in the in steerage. It's, it's hey, wait a minute. I
0: hear it, a plane going over here. I want to f- see if it's going to crash.
2: It's a free for all back in steerage. Yeah, I can hear that plane.
0: I remember a um, a uh, an ad for an airline. I can't remember. It might have been it might have been Alaska, and it shows this guy walking through the plane. He's just come up on board the plane, and everybody's laughing. They're they're having drinks. They're there. It's just it's like a big party going on, and he can't help himself but smile at all of the all of the ribaldry that's going on as he's making his way to his part of the plane. And it just looks like, God, this is going to be fun. What a great flight this is going to be. And then he walks through a curtain, and then it's entirely different. It is, like you said, steerage. <laughs> I told you. There's people <laughs> drinking gruel back there. <laughs> They're wearing <laughs> popper's clothes. It's hot. It's, just, it's hot. It, it there's there's mice running around. It just couldn't be a greater I just thought it was a brilliant commercial. It was really funny.
2: Yeah, that's very that's very funny. But you get real glassware, you get a cloth napkin, you get uh um, do you get food meal. besides yeah. nuts? Yeah, you get a hot meal. You get silverware. Oh. You get—I mean, it's just—and—and and then not to mention just all the room. It's like it's like it's like flying in a barca lounger. Yeah, that—that that is the it's big difference. So awesome. So anyway, so I'm gonna um, be flying out again on Monday, and I'm. I'm back to reality because it's going to be in a little two seater plane. I'm heading down to Eugene, Oregon, and they don't have the big the big mama planes don't fly down there. The baby planes fly down there. So yeah,
0: well, at least it only takes you about ten minutes to fly yeah. there from Seattle. <laughs> it's, so it's there's a pretty, that pretty quick flight. So. Before you can even sit down, you're there.
2: Yeah, but I'm really annoyed because even on those short flights, they don't they they you get water, beer, wine, even if it's nine a.m. Water, beer, wine or apple juice. Yeah. I don't want any of those. I know surprising, right? I want tomato it juice. It kind of is, yeah. I want tomato juice. You seem there's like just... an
0: you seem like an apple juice kind of person. No,
2: I don't want to drink the apple juice cuz Could I have wine
0: and apple juice?
2: Oh god,
0: didn't make little green apples. It don't rain in Annapolis in the summertime
2: there's too much sugar in the apple juice. So I'm like, why can't you serve no vegetables? Why don't you have why don't you have like tomato juice or something? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, wow. like
0: tomato juice something I can pour my vodka into.
2: <laughs> no, Jeez. They wouldn't even give me any vodka. So yeah. so anyway, I guess uh, all right. If you don't have tomato juice, I'll guess I'll have the wine.
0: Years ago when I was playing uh, I, was, I was playing a pickup game of basketball and I I was such a terrible basketball player. I what
2: does pickup game mean before you go on? I've heard that term before and I'm
0: Well it's just not it's not a real game. It's just you know, you just it's like, it's like uh you're going to you're not in a bicycle race, you're just going on a bicycle ride. Okay. You know? Uh i guess would be the way I well, would define it.
2: Well do you think anybody's gonna confuse the fact that you played a bas the game of basketball and think that you played it professionally? Is there really a need to call it a pickup game?
0: Well, I don't know about that, but I think everybody who plays any sport at all—if you're throwing, throwing, you're playing catch, or you're is throwing a football around, or whatever you're doing—yeah, use you, you, every guy at least harbors this idea that yeah, I could have been a pro. I'm not, bad. Really? I'm not bad. Really? Yeah, I, I'm not a bad. Hey, I made that shot.
2: Really? Sure, it was the first
0: shot I made out of twenty, but I made it. I, I, I
2: didn't I'm not that know, bad. I didn't know this was part of the male psychology. I think That's it is fascinating. This is
0: just my opinion, but I, I think most. So, guys, what
2: did you think you could do? Were it basketball or baseball or I football? I thought,
0: I thought if if I could, if I had any skills in any sport, uh, I was a, sort of a late bloomer in baseball. I could I could throw, and I could throw with accuracy. I could throw far, and I wasn't the slowest guy. I wasn't a very good hitter, but when you know when you get older, you play slow pitch, and and so I could hit home runs. And I thought, yeah, I probably I probably could have been a pro if I'd applied myself a little oh. more. Put me in coach. And speaking of airplane travel, that's what I would say. Put me in coach.
2: But you delude you. yourself into thinking exactly. that exactly. That's what I I'm laughing at. That it's like. I
0: know. I know. And, I don't. And, and... I don't even look. Some guys look athletic. You know. Maybe yeah. they are. Maybe they are. But I don't even <laughs> look athletic.
2: Well, yeah, you do. You you mm. did in your day. But here's. And I remember bringing this up with you all the time because I I was sort of the 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 uh, token chick uh, on the morning show, and I was always surrounded by a big buttload of testosterone every day yeah. and even when we had male guests come in remember there were always i always would give you guys crap about your air sports like you would like pretend that you're bouncing a basketball and pretend yeah. to shoot it or pretend pretend to golf swing, swing pretend golf swing pretend bat baseball swing pretend football throw mm-hmm. is that all part of this delusion of I could have been a contender? Is that all? You know what
0: I think it is? I think when guys do that to do the fake golf swing or the fake football throw, yeah, in front of other guys, yeah. it is a signal to oh, the other guys that yeah. hey, yeah, I'm
2: oh. I am uh Yeah, it's kind I'm, of like beating your chest, like I'm a gorilla, man
0: just like you. Yeah. Like a
2: gorilla I, beating his chest.
0: Now, oh, what I don't know what God the sake. female equivalent of that would be. There must be one.
2: No, we're not as dumb as you guys. We don't do crap like that. We don't. Well, we're, we're not. But
0: would you agree with this? And and Patty has made this observation: women do have a quick glance at another woman uh, and go the head to toe thing. Oh yeah. Sizing them up. Yeah. And comparing, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, that that might be the female equivalent of what I guys do. I don't
2: think that's a, that's you know, that's a stretch right there. No, you we're think not. So? No, we're not. You know. Um, uh, yeah, we're we're not air doing any air thing. We're we're talking about doing mimicking movements of things that you aren't really doing, which is just silly. It's just silly. It's absurd. Mm.
0: All right, <laughs> I, 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 I'm just, I just, I mean, I know there are the the two genders are different, and then there's
2: other other sh- offshoots
0: sh- of genders, but. But I think that particular thing that guys do, yeah. where they try to bring, yeah, I'm into sports. Yeah, I'm athletic. It's like, I mean, I suppose like, intellectuals go around and uh, they're carrying uh, books by, uh, you know, pl- Plato or something with sure. them.
2: Yeah, I suppose. But I, I just think it's a sort of a preening, kind of a chest beating sort of a, yeah, because I, I don't really notice that you guys. Do that in front of women. It's more. My observation when I was on the morning show was it was always happened when another guy would come in. Everybody would start <laughs> air sports, and it was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? What are you guys doing? yeah Oh, nothing. Just hey, Larry, good to see you. Swing.
0: Yeah, remember the old thing where guys would say like they're pointing to something. Yeah, you know, can you tell me where? <laughs> where they? Yeah. Yes, it's over there. But you you point so that your your bicep. Would yeah. Bulge yeah. out a little bit if right. you had one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like that. If you
2: had one, I like that. If yeah. you had one, <laughs> oh <laughs> I would god. always
0: point to things with my right arm because it was it's a little more developed than my left, which is which is almost <laughs> bicepless. Uh, but the, the the right one's a little better, so I'll use that one to lead with if I can. Oh my god, that's so yeah, funny. the other thing that guys would sometimes do is they'll come up to you and they'll grab the, the other guy by the arm quickly and and it and in an attempt to see how 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 built is this guy, how strong oh, is he oh when he's so, when
2: he's when he's not
0: Yeah. If you're flexing. not so you always want to be paying attention and be God. already flexed if they grab you. Oh my
2: God this is, <laughs> I mean you guys are so weird. I know. That I is know. hilarious. Women just, never do that. We're uh, not grabbing at each other to see how firm each other is.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I I didn't know that, but I think you're really missing out on something.
2: I'll bet you'd like that. I'll- you-
0: Leaving you behind. Hey, I have a, a, did. a complete swing of subject here. I have a friend, and he's a really nice guy. He's a lawyer, in fact. And he got into this thing a few years ago where he, uh, he I think he does a podcast, maybe it's even a video videocast, uh, and the topic is singular. It is about UFOs mm. and visitors from outer space. Yeah. And, uh... And I've never looked at it closely, and I, I remember uh, there used to be a guy on the radio late, late at night, and he had a huge following and named Art Bell. You yep. And you remember him. Yeah. Welcome to Dreamland, a program dedicated to an
1: examination of areas in the human experience not easily nor neatly put in a box. Things seen at the edge of vision, awakening a part of the mind as yet not mapped, And yet things every bit as real as the air we breathe
0: but don't see. This is Dreamland. Good evening. It is another Dreamland. And he would have these experts on all the time, So-called uh, pseudo-experts, maybe they were real experts, and they would have credentials like he'd say, and my guest right now is uh, Marvin Swenson. He uh, was formerly attached to NASA, and uh, left NASA several years ago because he would not be listened to. And uh, Mr. Swenson, it's great to have you here. Thank you very much, Art. Now tell us what you believe to be true and why NASA has turned away from you. And he'd say something like, Well, I, I, I think if you look at these photos that were taken on Apollo 11 and if you look closely you'll see that what we were told are actually uh, hills and mountains and other uh other ob- uh objects on the moon are actually dwellings <gasps> and it is my opinion and uh, and this is supported by by vast evidence that there are living creatures on the moon and and of oh course when God. i brought this up in front of the other people at nasa they uh, they they quieted me quickly they muzzled me and uh, ultimately i was fired and i'm no longer a part of the and so he would always have stuff like that on there and they'd say if you look on our website right now you can see these pictures that uh, mr swenson is talking about so there has been this long mm-hmm. long human history at least since the mm-hmm. time of hg wells uh, where we want to believe that there are, we are visited by people from other planets and Ooh. and I don't know about you, but I definitely believe there is life elsewhere. Oh I just there can't,
2: has to be. I
0: can't conceive of this huge universe. There has to uh, be. I that think it's we're, really we're it.
2: Yeah, I think it's a little arrogant to think we are it. But but the the, the recent in recent uh recently, sorry, Congress has really taken this UFO thing like yeah. very seriously.
0: Well that's where I was going with this. Yeah, that, uh, it's just So
2: interesting.
0: They're saying, "Don't ignore this stuff," right. and, and and they are telling pilots, "When you exactly. see something, report it, yeah, and and chronicle it, and make a note of it. Uh, it." It apparently is happening enough. A lot. That I'm thinking about my friend, and I'm thinking maybe this isn't such crackpot stuff. Right. I mean, n- nobody knows for sure. Right. They see things that move. Through the sky that are not explainable by any kind of science that we know of.
2: Exactly. Uh,
0: We don't have aircraft that can move like that. I do wonder,
2: uh, do they have cameras like dash cams on planes so they can be catching some of this stuff? Or they should. They should be putting dash cams on the planes.
0: The very first uh, recorded UFO sighting, I think, was at like a 19, I want to say 47... Some I, I I'm hazy on it, but it I'll was look it, up. it was seen over Mount Rainier. That was oh, the first really? recorded one. that made kind of a big splash years ago. And and I was thinking also of things like uh, Bigfoot. And I read this <laughs> this article recently. Uh, and you and I don't know if you remember this. We would talk about Bigfoot mm-hmm. like you would talk about everything. Yeah. Eventually on the radio. And I would, you know, pooh poo-poo it, and I did a, a fake interview with supposed Bigfoot, and who was—I uh, remember—he it, was very annoyed at the name Bigfoot. Right. It really ticked him off. It, it hurt his feelings. I said, I, "I wear a size 12. That's not that big." And you look like you—you you look <laughs> like you that. wear about a 12 yourself. Um yeah. But somebody read an article, and in in, in its premise was: even if Bigfoot is not real, we still need him.
2: What does that mean? And
0: I think. Well, they said, I think we need Bigfoot in a deep-seated psychological way because of our own evolutionary origins. And we were walking through the woods, and he said, "It just the idea that maybe it could be real," uh, sort of stimulates the imagination. Like if we knew for sure Bigfoot wasn't real, yeah, um, that'd be the death of another. I don't know, like mystery, S- Santa fantasy. Claus,
2: Tooth Fairy. Well, I mean... Easter Bunny. Though,
0: we know those things are real, but Lock, Bigfoot.
2: <laughs> Loch Ness Monster.
0: So when we would talk about it on the radio... I, I, I would take phone calls from people. And, ah, these people that think a Bigfoot's real are a bunch of crackpots, man.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Excuse me. But once in a while, I just started uh, smoking White Owl cigars. Oh, man, good the, for
2: you. I'm I hear not, those are really healthy. To,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I probably... I don't have a lot. I don't smoke a lot of them. Yeah. unless you think that 47 of them a day is a lot. No. But I like them. I'm yeah. getting to like them. Yeah. And and the dogs smoke them, too. Really? Uh, but I, uh, we would get a phone call once in a while from a, a guy that would say something like, uh, Mr. Cashman, I know you think you're being very funny and cavalier oh. about your dismissal of Bigfoot here. Ooh. But I, I'm telling you this, and this is the truth. <laughs> My father and I, when I was 13 years old, we were out on a camping trip. And we saw this creature approach our campsite that for all the world was unlike anything we had ever seen before. It was not a bear. It was not a human. It was something else. And I tell you, and I swear to you, if you put three Bibles in front of me, I'd put my hand and I'd find a third hand to put on all of them.
1: Deep in the woods where the mysteries grow There is a place where nobody goes if you decide to go there alone, beware of the beast that makes it his
0: own. Bigfoot is real. And the, the guy would be so persuasive, so convinced that, uh, that what he saw was real and the memory so indelible that I started to say, hmm, well, could it be? I mean, if, if Bigfoot was real, he, how can he be that elusive for so long? That isn't possible.
2: Exactly. I mean, we
0: finally tracked down Ben Laden. After all, I mean, you can't. <laughs> no, nobody. And there isn't can just su-
2: one Bigfoot, isn't there? Like a bunch of them. I mean, there isn't just one. If it was just one, maybe that would make. And how old is that exactly. one? Exactly, and maybe that yeah. would make sense if they, just to find one. But there's got to be a herd of them. Some. There's got to yeah. be a bunch of them.
0: And somehow when you think about Bigfoot you only think of a male Bigfoot.
2: Yeah, and how did he how did he even become to be?
0: Yeah. Exactly. But yet that I remember that particular caller was so was so um passionate about the truth of what he had seen. Yeah that it did did give me pause and that's but, i think what this writer was saying that's why we need bigfoot but, it does but, but, trigger something in the human imagination but
2: and it's it's interesting that just because somebody has conviction does not make it true <clears throat> but that's, right. that's when we start to doubt ourselves and that's this goes back to what we were just talking it's Brian about Williams yeah again. exactly yeah. if you're super passionate about something then then people will tend to believe you um but it doesn't mean that it's true i i just yeah. i don't know i
0: I think we sometimes conflate the things that we think we see in exactly. real life with things in the that we mostly see in movies right. and things like that. There have been a lot of lot written about uh, things. I, I've kept this article around for a million years because it's, I just love it, and it's headlined "Reality Hollywood Style." And there are all <laughs> these conventions uh, in the movies yes, that we accept, exactly. and so when you see them in real life, you say, "Hey, that's like a movie." Here's just a here's just a couple of them, um, in the in the movies. You it's never necessary to say hello or goodbye right. when beginning or ending a phone conversation.
2: Exactly. I and know I always, that's uh, very true. They just put the phone down after they're done talking. They don't even say
0: yeah. It. I, I, like, and I always am arrested by that and thinking, wait a minute, that wasn't very polite, right? Yeah. Uh, all bombs are fitted with electronic timing devices with large red readouts. <laughs> Uh, so you know exactly when they're going to go off, right? And the other, of course, corollary of that is that the bad guy who has set that device off says goodbye, Mister Jenkins, and he leaves the room, right? And ra- rather that, well, of course, he's not going to get blown sure. up, but he doesn't stick around to witness yeah. things, which gives the good guy right. a chance to yeah, get out of exactly. this peril always, always. During every police investigation in the movies, it will be necessary to at least once visit a strip club.
2: Exactly. Cuz that's where the <laughs> that's where the uh, witnesses are.
0: One guy shooting at 20 men has a better chance of killing them than 20 men firing at one guy <laughs> in the movies. Uh let's see well. I have, other... I have a couple.
2: I have a couple. We, well, anytime you, anytime somebody in the movies, you can go up to a bar and say, "I'll take two beers," and the bartender will hand them right to you. There's never a discussion of what kind of beer you're going to have, right, Or if it's going right. to be in a bottle or in a glass. <laughs> it's never no discussion whatsoever. He just serves you you're two right. beers.
0: You're right. Um, you're right. That's very good. And if you're in in the and along with that, if you're being chased through town. Mm-hmm. You can usually take cover in a passing St. Patrick's Day parade, (laughs) no matter what time of the year it
2: is. (laughs) Right. And then I have another one because I... Just read this article. Another one that came up was, if your best friend is is killed, the police will come and interview you, and you're still you're gonna. If you're a waitress, you're still gonna wait tables. You're gonna if you're unloading you you do all your answering while you're unloading boxes <laughs> and wiping down tables. You don't That's you perfect. don't ever stop to just talk with them about the murder. <laughs> I thought there's, there's
0: a, another one you know where <laughs> every time anybody brings a bag of groceries home, yeah, there's always a.
2: A loaf of a French bread. bread. Yeah. yeah. A stick baguette. It. Yeah. And,
0: and, and I guess the reason for that is that <laughs> in mo- in the movie business, that will immediately read as they've just gone to the grocery store. Right. Because there aren't a lot of things that stick out the top of a grocery bag, but you put a French bread in there right. or a loaf of that. Yeah. Then we, oh, they just went to the grocery yeah, store. Yeah, it tells you
2: what's in that's, the bag. I guess that's why they do but, it. Exactly.
0: If somebody coughs, <coughs> like I did earlier, that is the sign of a terminal illness. Oh. They're going to die. Yeah. Any per- person waking up from a nightmare will sit bolt upright and pant.
2: <laughs> like pant? Like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean. Ga- oh, Frankie, oh, yeah, you okay?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, it, when you're driving down a perfectly straight road in the movies, it's necessary to turn the steering wheel vigorously from left to right, every few moments, <laughs> even though the road is straight, and so on. Now, yeah, these are all great. I mean, funny. it's the stuff we accept from the movies. Very funny. Well, um, <gasps> I was going to add one more thing, and then and then I'll, okay. I'll wrap up with the black knight, black horse joke. Oh. Except now, now I've made it a white knight and white horse. Oh, but,
2: okay. Because I.
0: I don't want you to think I'm Johnny One Note.
2: <laughs> I know. I don't. Think no, that. I have an
0: all new joke. I'm excited. Although not as good as that one.
2: I'm really excited.
0: There's something I'm, t- I'm talking to you, of course, from down in Oregon. Down in Oregon. Yes, and I'm up and, uh, in Seattle. And uh, it, and, and I don't know what the status of this situation is in Washington State right now, but Oregonians <laughs> can now scoop a dead animal off the highway and bring it home for dinner. <laughs> Didn't used to be legal. Now it is.
2: I think you told me that once. It's not Did that's I? not a law that just happened because I I recall you telling me that.
0: Now this I've <clears> been carrying <throat> this article around for a while, but they've clarified it now. Okay. And so here's the deal. Uh the a spokesman for the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife says it's up to each person to decide whether the meat is appropriate to eat. In other words, if you wind up poisoning yourself, you can't come running to the Oregon Department of you
2: can't of, sue them. Uh,
0: fish and wildlife and say, oh, this made me sick. What? Why did you let me scoop it up?
2: Why would, um you mean because it went rancid or something?
0: Or whatever. Maybe it was diseased in the oh, first place.
2: Oh, got it. I see what you're saying.
0: So, but d- d- deer and elk that. that are accidentally struck by a vehicle may be salvaged for consumption oh, only. Oh, that's just... Intentionally hitting a deer or elk to salvage it remains unlawful. Thank God.
2: Honey, I'm heading out to get us some dinner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that happens. Well,
2: gosh. But, you can't... but the law
0: only applies to elk and deer, not other animals. Yeah. And uh, and here's some other things Head and the antlers must be turned in. If you if you hit a deer, but you got to turn the head and the antlers in unless what do You mean
2: turn them in like you got
0: you turn them in to the uh to the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife. With you have to do it within 5 business days. Why? It's intended to contribute to their surveillance program for chronic wasting disease. Oh,
2: oh, got it. Okay. Yeah,
0: so they want to know <clears throat> if, if the animal might be sick. So, or might have been you sick. You can't
2: eat a possum, you can't eat a raccoon, you can't eat a moose, uh, elephant, anything hi. else that happens. Howdy. How
0: you doing today? Good. I'm saying hi to some folks. Doing good. How are you guys?
2: Well, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just back from the store. yeah, tell them we're in the middle of a podcast. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, I think they just wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> okay. The entire carcass of the animal. No. And this is I, need, as written, I asked the entire... you a question.
2: It, yeah. Is it, so you can't eat a raccoon, you can't eat a possum or a moose. Is that what you're saying? Um,
0: I think you can eat all of that stuff, but the the deer or elk specifically uh, has to be uh, salvaged for consumption only. Ugh. Yeah.
2: Well, I don't know road how roadkill cannot you... be salvaged.
0: <clears throat> you cannot, uh, you cannot salvage roadkill that was hit or killed on an on an Indian reservation either of, of a sovereign tribe.
2: Wow, we have a lot of. And here's
0: the other deal: the entire carcass of the animal, including the guts, Ugh. must be removed from the road and road right of way during the salvage.
2: God, you're not gonna make me bark. <laughs> <laughs> That that's my that's my patty. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, mm. so I just think it's weird. Why, if I if I saw a dead deer lying, my first thought wouldn't be, "Hey, I'm gonna pull over. Maybe I can eat that thing." Well,
2: maybe if you were hungry, it just wouldn't be your first. Maybe thought. if you were out of work, you would. There's been you know, a I few s- times in my life that that yeah, I'd probably just go hungry though. I'd eat grass. Yeah. I would eat grass and tree bark before I would eat a dead raccoon.
0: I would eat another human before I would <laughs> eat a dead deer.
2: <laughs> Only if you ran him over. Only if he was roadkill. <laughs> Crossing the highway late last night. He should have looked left and he should have
1: looked right. He didn't see the station wagon car. The skunk got squashed and there you are. You got your dead skunk in the middle of the road. Dead skunk.
0: Here is this solid joke. Okay, good, I'm so happy. Here it comes. An old hillbilly had three pretty teenage daughters of whom he was very, very protective. In fact, the old hillbilly would sit on his front porch and he had his shotgun in his hand. And any potential suitor who would come by, he'd click that thing ready. I don't know if a shotgun clicks like that, but he was ready to shoot. And if he didn't like the look of any of these suitors, he would send them on their way. Uh, and aiming the shotgun right at him. Mm. Well, one night, all three of the girls were due to go out on dates. The first boyfriend drove up and said to the old hillbilly, he said, Hi, sir, my name is Joe. I'm here to get Flo. We're going to go to the show. Is she ready to go? (laughs) The old guy decided uh, the boy sounded okay, and he gave his blessing for the date, put his shotgun down. Ten minutes later, another car pulls up. The driver calls out, Hi sir, My name is Freddie. I'm here to get Betty. We're going for spaghetti. Is she ready? <laughs> the old man thought the boy was decent enough, so he gave him permission for the date. Ten minutes later, a third car arrived and the driver calls out, "Hi, my name is Chuck <laughs> oh. <laughs> nuts, Hot nuts
1: Anybody here want to buy my nuts and nuts." I've got nuts for sale. When a hog gets hungry, he begins to grunt. When a man gets hungry, he begins to hunt hot nuts. Hot nuts, found from the peanut man.